Welcome to Hamlin's Legal Secrets. This is part two of your complete guide to leases. In part one, we discussed heads of terms, and today we discuss negotiation. So, John, last podcast we discussed the importance of the heads of terms as the first stage of a lease transaction. So I think probably what we really want to know is what comes next. Well, Stephen, the next stage is the legal negotiation between solicitors. A form of lease will be drafted, usually by the landlord solicitors, and depending on the heads of terms, perhaps also a rent deposit deed or a licence for alterations. These documents will then be reviewed and commented on by the tenant solicitors. OK, so let's look at a few of the most important lease terms so we can start to get an understanding of how they impact the parties. One of the key provisions for both parties to consider is whether the lease is to benefit from security of tenure under the Landlord and Tenant Act 1954. This is such a massive topic that we will shortly be releasing a whole podcast dedicated to it. But for today, it can be summarised as whether the tenant should have a statutory right to renew its lease when it comes to the end of the term. Right, so that is a fairly major consideration for the tenant. Absolutely, Stephen. It makes a huge commercial difference to the parties, and therefore it is one of the most key terms to be documented by the lease. Another important term is the tenant's repairing obligation. It is usual for landlords to want tenants to keep the premises in what is known as good and substantial repair and condition. This is just a legal way of saying that the tenant must repair any damage to the premises other than damage caused by an insured risk usually. And what happens if the premises to be leased are not already in good condition? If the premises were to have damp or broken light fixtures, stained carpets or damaged windows, and the tenant agreed to a good and substantial repairing covenant, then the tenant would be legally responsible for carrying out any necessary remedial works at their own cost. And I'm assuming most tenants would not be happy with that. Most tenants would obviously find this very unfair, and therefore... When they are taking premises which are not in a good condition, they try to agree that their repairing obligations are limited by reference to a schedule of condition. Right, I see. So what does that schedule actually look like? This is just a series of photographs or textual descriptions, or perhaps both, which specifically list any issues or damage to the premises when the lease is granted. The tenant is then not required to repair any of these items. And what other specific lease negotiation points should parties generally be aware of? The landlord will want to ensure it can recharge the tenant for any costs relating to insuring the premises. This should be done by way of a separate payment, which is equivalent to the money spent by the landlord on insurance. Similarly, for multi-let buildings, such as office blocks, shopping centres, or even just high street shops sharing common service yards, Landlords should make sure that the lease includes a service charge rent. This allows landlords to be sure that they can recover the cost of carrying out necessary repairs to common areas, maintaining and repairing the structure of the building most significantly, but also perhaps retarmacking service yards, providing supplies and utilities to common toilet facilities, servicing elevators or escalators, salaries and employment costs for a building receptionist, or even security measures such as CCTV. All of these costs can quickly add up, so it is vital that landlords ensure they are not exposed and have to pay for these costs themselves. Okay, so I think we've got time for one final lease term you feel it's important for prospective landlords and tenants to be aware of. If I had to pick one more, I would choose the lease assignment provisions. 
An assignment is a legal term for a transfer. In this case, the transfer of the lease from the tenant to a third party. Whilst the identity of the tenant changes, the lease terms remain the same. It is usual for leases to include very detailed legal drafting covering assignments. Landlords should make sure their consent is required to an assignment and that the financial standing of the incoming tenant is sufficient. A landlord obviously doesn't want a new tenant who can't afford to pay the rent. Tenants should consider the circumstances in which they might need to transfer the lease, perhaps to a group company as part of a corporate restructure. Such events are increasingly common given the challenging financial environment, particularly for retail businesses, and tenants therefore need to think ahead and try to include as much flexibility in their leases as possible. John, that was great. Many thanks for this second part to your complete guide to leases. You're welcome, Stephen. Thanks everyone for listening. Thanks for listening to Hamlin's Legal Secrets. If you'd like some free initial advice on anything discussed in this podcast, then just drop me a line at podcast at hamlins.com. 